Kota and welcome to the Bridgetown Daily Podcast. I'm Strawn Conlin from Commoners Community. A couple of years ago, I was walking down along the beach. I've been living here by the beach in New Zealand for years, over a decade now. And there's a little walk that kind of goes along the coastline. And because our city is centered around so many volcanoes, there's these beautiful volcanic rock formations that lap against the white sand. And on a beautiful morning, it is just the sun is rising, the volcano is in the background, there is all of these rocks and birds, people out fishing, and you can just walk right across the coastline there. And so for years, I would start my working life by going down there first thing in the morning and walking along the coastline. And I don't know what happened on this particular morning that made me see it so differently. But as I walked, I looked out on the water and just the way that the sun was hitting the ocean. I don't know if you've ever seen this before. It was lit up like a Christmas tree, like a million tiny diamonds dancing on the surface of the swells and the waves of the water. And I was just awestruck. I stopped in my tracks as I was walking and I just looked at it and I almost laughed just with a sense of like, This is incredible. I felt like I was standing in the middle of just the most, like almost like the the beginning of the universe and the colors and everything, just this magic moment. It was truly mystical and transcendent. And then this horrible thing happened. After like three or four seconds, I began to panic. I started to think, man, I've got to take a photo. I've got to soak in this moment. I've got to enjoy this moment. You know, like this is, these are rare. This is beautiful. And I started overthinking it. And I, and I started to wonder, how can I repeat this? What's going on? What's the formula here? How do I like engulf it? I wanted to wrap it all up and take it home. I was struggling to leave the moment or allow the moment to just be right there, beautiful, mystical, out of my control. And I had this sinking feeling in me about the whole experience. And as I was panicking and stressing about how beautiful this place was and how I was going to keep it in me, I felt God saying to me, Strawn, you can be exactly the same with me sometimes. One minute enjoying me and the very next second trying to consume me like you're in control. I love what David says in Psalm 27, 4. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. This scripture to me is about the art of beholding. The art of standing before God and looking at him and just loving the moment. Being able to look out and say, wow, what a magnificent, mystical, beautiful, incredible thing that I'm experiencing that I can't bottle or sell or manufacture or use for my next sermon or podcast or prayer book or whatever. This is just purely me getting to enjoy the fullness of God in life in this moment. It's called beholding. The problem is, in our culture today, we are hardwired for consuming, which is the opposite of beholding. We are a consumption-oriented culture. Everything we do, I've I've had a great experience. I'm going to write a book about it. We're going to reach out. We're going to consume things. We are so good at consuming things, it is second nature to us, and we don't even realize we're doing it. We consume creation. 
You know, we take a view like that in a beautiful beach or a beautiful place and then we buy it and we put a hotel on it and then we sell it to tourists and we do tours there. We make money off it. We find a way to commercialize the beauty of that moment, to sell it and to package it. Then we create advertisements, just fly here and there's beautiful people in their togs and swimsuits or bikinis or whatever, snorkeling and drinking mojitos by the pool. And it's like, this is where you can live your life. We are product packaging a consumer experience of something to just be beheld. We do it with each other. We use each other at times to get benefits for ourselves. This person makes me feel this way, or I like this community because this is what I get out of it. We use each other to feel better about ourselves when we're angry and we release all of our negativity upon them, or when we're hurt and we need someone to comfort us. Not, not necessarily all those things are wrong in themselves. You know, Obviously, it's great to depend on people. But we can also slip into the cycle when the only people we surround ourselves with are the people who are better for us, are the people who give us what we want and need. We can consume people too. But we can also consume God. In the same way as we can see a beautiful vista and want to build a hotel on it, we can build hotels and vistas and tourist experiences around our encounters with God. We can seek God just for his gifts. We can seek God just for his blessings. We can love on him and pray and sit with him only when our life is going well and he's giving us what we long for and desire. Consuming God comes to God for any other reason than just to sit and behold him. One thing, one thing David asks of the Lord, this only does he seek, that he may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of his life and gaze on his beauty and seek him in his temple. Becoming a beholding people is about becoming a people who long to sit with and see God for no other reason than just to enjoy him to know him, and to be with him. And in that way, when it comes to prayer, beholding is, it's kind of like this wordless, and that's why so many of the contemplative practices are oriented around silence and solitude and meditation and contemplation and and scripture reading and Lectio Divina. They're all experiences of us doing our best to bring ourselves to God in a way that he can just take over. I think about beholding. I've been married 12 or 13 years now to my beautiful wife, Katie. And I think about beholding in the sense of some days in marriage, you wake up and you're doing things together and you're active in your life and it's amazing and you love that person, but you're not necessarily raptured by them. The the emotional romantic vista, so to speak, is not there every single day. But every now and then you have this moment where you see them again like you saw them the first time and that feeling of love overwhelms you and you're caught up and in that moment you are no longer just their friend. They're no longer just your spouse. They are this beautiful creation of God that overwhelms you. Beholding is a place of beauty and wonder. It's a place of rest and trust. It's a place of maturity. To behold God is not to love the God we want him to be. It's not to follow the God who gives us what we want or fits the theological paradigm that we want or looks and sounds and feels how we want. To follow and truly love God is to sit with him and say, as you are, Father, show yourself to me outside of all of my boxes that I may behold you. That is the place of greatest friendship and love with God where we can let God be God. We can dignify him and enjoy him forever.
I wanted to finish again with a poem actually by a poet called Edward Carpenter. It's from uh, the New Zealand Book of Prayer. It's part of the liturgy and it's called The Lake of Beauty. And I just thought it was a beautiful example of beholding. So I just want to read this poem to you as a prayer as we close out this morning's devotion. The Lake of Beauty by Edward Carpenter. Let your mind be quiet, realizing the beauty of the world and the immense, the boundless treasures that it holds in store. All that you have within you, all that your heart desires, all that your nature so specially fits you for, that or the counterpart of it waits embedded in the great whole for you. It will surely come to you. Yet equally surely, not one moment before its appointed time will it come. All your crying and fever and reaching out of hands will make no difference. Therefore, do not begin that game at all. Do not recklessly spill the waters of your mind in this direction and in that, lest you become a spring lost and dissipated in the desert. But draw them together into a little compass and hold them still, so still, and let them become clear, so clear, so limpid, so mirror-like, at last the mountains and the sky shall glass themselves in peaceful beauty, and the antelope shall descend to drink and to gaze at her reflected image, and the lion to quench its thirst. And love himself shall come down and bend over and catch his own likeness. Thank you.